Hello, neighbor. You are listening to the New Garden Church podcast, and we are so glad you're here. Our church meets at 10 a.m. at DuPont Tyler Middle School in Hermitage, Tennessee. You can join us in person, or you can catch our gatherings after the fact on our YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you. We hope that you enjoy what you hear today and check back in with us again soon. Today's text is one of those texts that we're going to talk through it as we consider what it means in light of Advent or what it means in light of the birth of Jesus. So I'm going to read to us. So Matthew 24, 36 through 44. But about the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding in a hand, with a hand mill, one will be taken, the other will be left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and it would not have let, would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. It's an odd text for the beginning of Advent. Why is it an odd text when we think about in light of the birth of Christ? What is this text traditionally connected with? The end of time, right? The second coming. A little Debbie cake for you too. Do you want it? Oh, so close. That's my bad. Sorry. My bad. I got more if you answer questions right. We'll get there. Let's back up a minute. Let's talk about Advent, right? Advent is one of those things that if you grew up in a traditional Church of Christ home like I did, you did not, correct, you did not connect Christmas with the birth of Jesus. Now, this may sound strange, but it's just not what we did. And there were multiple, re- multiple multitude of reasons, right? You, we don't know the exact time when Jesus was born. We don't, you know, all days are special. And to be you know, frank about it, we tend to major in what we were not about instead of what we should be about. And so we just didn't do that. But I worked with several different ministers over the past, and in my seminary work, one of the key things we can do with our minds is capture them when they are thinking about something and orient that towards God. And so as we think about the birth of Christ, think about Christmas, think about this season, people are already thinking in that vein and thinking along that track, so let's take that and use that to our advantage of reorienting people towards Jesus. Now, Advent simply means... Arrival of a notable thing, the arrival of a noble person or a notable event. If you want to get really boring, and I won't spend much time here, Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which derives from the Greek word parousia, a term in the New Testament that was used specifically to note the second coming of Christ. Advent, in a bigger sense, is a season in the church, in the church's liturgical yearly calendar. Now, when I say liturgical, you're some of you are going, I don't know what that means. But that means there are churches out there, uh, Catholic churches, Presbyterian churches, Episcopalian churches, churches that value a worship experience that's highly regimented. 
They do a lot of prayers that are known, and they do a lot of back and forth in the songs. Are, and it, it, it's just a different style of worship that, than what we do. And so what they do is there's a three-year cycle of texts that are assigned. And, and so some of that is because so we, don't, we, we preach through the gospel or we preach through the Bible every three years. And so there's a lot of reasons why, that done, so that, why that's done. And so the year is divided into seasons. It's not a modern invention. Advent may be known to you, but it's not a modern invention. It's been around for a long time. And while it's not part of our experience, it's still valuable to us. And one of the biggest things I learned, this may sound simplistic, one of the biggest things I learned in seminary when I spent 12 years getting two degrees, was that we shouldn't dismiss stuff, dismiss stuff just because they're not part of our experience. You hear me, church? We shouldn't dismiss stuff just because it's not what we've always done. So I say that to say that just because Advent is something that is foreign to you does not mean that we shouldn't embrace it, at least walk that way with it. So as a family, in my house, last year we started walking through Advent, reading scriptures, praying, and that type of thing. And so if you want a really basic thing, every week leading up to, leading up to Christmas, the birth of Jesus, as the Advent calendar shows it, you light a different candle and you talk about what that means. And so this week it's hope, next week it'll be peace, then joy, then love, then the white one is for the birth of Jesus. And so it helps you tie in what's going on in the world and kind of try and bring it together so that it makes... God's at work, whether we see it or whether we realize it or we want to admit it or not. God's at work in everything. And why not recapture what the world is doing and follow that for use for God, for good things for God. And so today, this is what you practice, this is what you're about. Today is about hope, which ties directly into our lesson. And so when I talk about this text, it's difficult because we look at it and we're like, how does this connect with the coming of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, when we're talking about the end of time? I believe it's tied up in the first verse where it says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. You see, at the core of this text is the unknown, which is hard. It's about anticipation. It's about what's going to happen. And not just, a, not just for a season, but for our entire lifetime. I've really tried to start slowing down, especially during Christmas, because I really enjoy Christmas. I've been, I've been wearing my Christmas socks for about a month now. Right? We, I have a Santa Claus that sits on one of those bobblehead Santa Claus that sits on my dash year-round. Christmas is just something that, and I don't know what it is, I think it's because everybody seems to be happier. And there seems to be a different turn to it. It's something that I look forward to every year. But for many of us, Alex, for many of us, it looks like this clip right here. I think we can all relate to it. <laughs> Well, what? Well, what? And by the way, 
accordance with the laws of supply and demand, the new list price on each figure just doubled. What? Jingle all the way. Here, Caroline, take this to Katie back there. Got more. I told you I got chocolate ones this time. <laughs> Katie. It feels like it feels like us, right? I don't know how many of y'all have gone shopping, and I used to do this, and I don't do it near like we used to. I've actually gone shopping on Thanksgiving Day before, like when they used to used to be opening up like late, and they're open all day long. And I, I don't like crowds, so that's not really a great thing for me, but we used to do that. Some of us feel like it's that type of rush until we can just get it over with. Like, let's get done, let's get all the presents bought, let's get everything done so we can just relax and be okay. It becomes hard to enjoy anything like that. People at the end of, of Matthew's gospel and the people at the beginning of Matthew's gospel were, were caught in the same type of juxtaposition. They knew what was coming, but the people at the beginning of Matthew's gospel had been waiting for a long time, right? A long time. They knew what was coming, but they had no idea when it would come. And then the people at the end knew what was coming, but they didn't know. And some were like, some had just given up and sat down and were waiting, and some were going about life, and nobody knew what was going on. See, this, this speaks directly to us as we live in 2022 in Asheville, Tennessee. You see, we wait with those at the end of Matthew's Gospel. We wait with anticipation, knowing what's coming, and, and we really want it to get here. But we don't know when it's going to get here. And we wait with that anticipation. And we live life in that tension, that, that tension of, of not knowing, which is the hardest part of life, not knowing. In prior lessons, I've talked about living our lives with the big why in mind. Ordering our current lives in light of what we want to be one day or where we want to be one day. And the big why is if we don't understand it or don't fully grasp it, it should be intricately linked to our walk with God and our life with God we know will come to full realization when Jesus returns. And so we live, right? We live through this season. We live through every season of our life toward the reality that one day Jesus is coming back and I want to be going to heaven with Him, right? Or I want to be in heaven with Him when it comes here. 
It's not only about me. See, that's the, that's the hard part that I struggled with when I talked in the first part of this lesson to the kids about making sure that you kids understand that you're important because it's not just about you. Life is not just about you. But it's not just enough for us to sit back and say, okay, I want to make sure that I make it to heaven one day or that I am with Jesus, that I am on the right side. But it's about inviting the rest of the world to be along on that journey. Bringing the rest of the world along so that they can live in the same tension but live in the same joy of, of knowing that something great is coming but not knowing when. Because God created us in, in the recesses of in our mind that, that God created us with this desire to be known and, that know, and to know God and to be known by those around us. The show that one of my former seminary professors, Dr. Camp, puts on uh, called Tokens. Actually, it's called No Small Endeavor now. But it's this variety spiritual variety show. It's very good. Olsen and I go every year to the one that he does at the Ryman the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And it's this really spiritual event, and there's all this stuff tied in. Last Sunday night at the Ryman, he, he always interviews somebody. He interviewed this psychologist who's doing this study on the mind and, and God and human flourishing. And he said a whole lot, and I tried to take in a lot. And here's what I kind of caught that I think is valuable in this moment. Our souls are desperately seeking to be known. And even though sometimes we think we want to live in a silo and be separated from everybody else and be apart from everybody else and nobody know us and nobody see us and nobody get to know the real us, we are not built that way. And for us to flourish as people, now that's a word we don't use a lot, but for us to flourish as people, for us to be people who grow into what God created us to be, we have to be connected to God. But not only to God, we have to be connected to other people. And how important is it that we realize that not only for our own spiritual health and our own emotional health and our own physical health, that we are connected to God, but we also seek out, he talked about the need for us to seek out the other, seek out people out there in the world who are seem to be siloing themselves. And you understand siloing, where they're separating ourselves, separating themselves from the world, but to seek them out in their hurt, in their pain, in their anguish, and invite them to be part and to be known and to know God and to be part of a community of God. How do these dots connect? Because I've gone lots of different directions, right? God created us with a need. But He also filled that need. He invites us as we come to be known and to know Him to co-workers with Him. To be co-authors with Him. To be co-creators with Him. To help the world around us fill that need that they have inside of themselves to be known. So this is for me why my family and I celebrate Advent. Because we have hope. We're filled with the same hope and the same anticipation that Mary and Elizabeth and Simeon and Anna, and if you want to read about them, read the first part of Luke's Gospel. And they were filled, Simeon had longed to see the full realization of the, king, of the kingdom come in Jesus. And he was, told when, he was told whenever Mary and Joseph took Jesus, he said, hey, the Spirit led him and said, hey, go to the temple and you'll see your faith made sight. And so we live with this hope and we long to share it with the world. We live with this hope of what's coming, but we also understand that our hope was born in this manger and that it, that's where it began. And all of humanity's hope began. And that's where it all began. And so we celebrate celebrate the start of a journey to God that begins in the manger. It gives us hope as we wait with anticipation for 
fullness of our faith to realize when Jesus comes once more, our faith is outside. Pray with me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his for the hope that you delivered in that moment that he came to be with us and and this anticipation help us to not grow tired of waiting help us to live in tension and be filled with joy because we know something greater is coming and not just for us that we can bring the world along and we can we can help the world have the same joy and help the world have the same peace because we look around and we see a world that is filled with so much anger and pain and frustration god i fully believe that the answer to that is only found in you not found in power, it's not found in prestige, it's found in And may we live our lives as faithful witnesses to hope with anticipation of the fullness of it coming one day. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. That's it for this time. Thank you for checking in with us, and we'll be back with another episode next week.